starting my day out with a song. I want to welcome you to Black Table Talk, Daring Dialogues. I am your host, Shantae Charles. I want to thank you, the listener, and you, the follower. Um, right now, we have about 27 regular listeners on podcast. And so I want to thank them for stopping by, pressing play, um, whether they're listening while they're driving or doing some other activity. I do want to thank people for listening. Today we are in our Theology Thursday and we are finishing up a book. As you know, I'm teaching some classes on Thursdays, so I'm not able to stay all the way to 12 o'clock. So we will be logging out about 1140 today. So I want to jump right into the text that we're finishing up. In that way, it'll give us some time to have some conversation around it. We are reading from Black Theology and Black Power by James H. Cone. And believe it or not, we are on the very last pages of this book. We've actually read through the entire um, book. So if you want to go back and look at our Thursday um broadcast or theology thursday anytime you see that you will be able to log in and listen to us read from black theology and black power this season so let us pick up where we left off we are in his last chapter entitled revolution violence and reconciliation here's what he has to say the task of black theology is to make the biblical message of reconciliation contemporaneous with the black situation in America. According to the New Testament, reconciliation is the exclusive work of God in which he becomes man in Jesus Christ in order that depraved humanity might become whole. Karl Barth puts it this way, the subject matter, origin, and content of the message received and proclaimed by the Christian community is, at its heart, the free act of faithfulness of God, in which he takes the lost cause of man, who has denied him as creator, and in doing so, ruined himself as creature, and makes it his own in Jesus Christ, carrying it through to its goal, and in that way maintaining and manifesting his own glory in the world. Reconciliation means that God has changed the God-man relationship by making the cause of the creature the creator's cause. The incarnation means that reconciliation is no longer hoped for, but is a reality. It is a reality because God has done for man what man was powerless to do for himself. Basically, this means a restoration of diseased humanity. It means that man can now be what he is, a creature made for fellowship with God. But that is only one side of reconciliation. To be reconciled with God involves reconciliation with the neighbor. To be pledged to God is to be pledged to other human beings. That is why the reconciling work of Jesus Christ involves a gathering of those who are committed to obedience in this world we live in. The Christian community is inseparable from the work of the Holy Spirit. It is that community which accepts God's justification of man in Christ and is thus prepared to live as justified human beings. 
when we analyze the black-white relationship in the 20th century in the light of God's reconciling work in Jesus Christ, the message is clear. For black people, it means that God has reconciled us to an acceptance of our blackness. And the death and resurrection of Christ means anything. It means that the blackness of black people is a creation of God himself and therefore not cursed. God came into the world in order that black people need not be ashamed of who they are. In Christ, we not only know who we are, but who God is. This is the heart of the biblical message. God has created man in such a way that man's humanity is inseparable from divine fellowship. Speaking of the covenant as the presupposition of reconciliation, Barth says, quote, from the very first, God was and is God for man, inclined to him, caring for him, his God. But so too, from the very first, man was and is man for God refer to him ye shall be my people means that it is proper to you and required of you in your being life and activity to correspond to the fact that in my being life and activity for you i am your god it is an expression of man's inhumanity to rebel against god therefore when black people say yes to their humanity by affirming their blackness we must conclude that the affirmation was made possible through God's reconciling act in Jesus Christ. Hence, blackness, black love, black life, and black power are not standing in opposition to God as is many times painted in the Eurocentric view. The task of black theology is to inform black people that because of God's act in Christ, they need not offer anyone an apology for being black. Can I say it again? That sound like a song. <laughs> the task of black theology is to inform black people that because of God's act in Christ, they need not offer anyone an apology for being black. No apologies necessary. I don't need to feel bad about being black. Because there's nothing wrong with it. Because God created me this way. And I'm going to happily wear this glory in the eternal. It'll be covered with a divine glory, with an eternal glory. But I'm not all of a sudden going to blink my eyes and become a white woman in heaven. And if that's what you're hoping for, that is anti-black and anti-Christ. Just thought you should know. Rather, be glad of it. Shout it. It is the purpose for which we were created. This is the meaning of the gospel of reconciliation to black people. Reconciliation not only means that black people are reconciled to themselves and thus to the God who created them, but also to other human beings. When the other men are white people, this means black, the black people will bring their new restored image of themselves into every human encounter. They will remain black in their confrontation with others and will demand that others address them as the black people that they are. They will not let white tea make an it of them, but will insist with every ounce of strength that they too are people. 
human beings created in the image of God. For white people, God's reconciliation in Jesus Christ means that God has made black people a beautiful people, not to be altered by your notion of what is beautiful. And if they are going to be in relationship with God, they must enter by means of their black brothers who are a manifestation of God's presence on earth. The assumption that one can know God without knowing blackness is the basic heresy of many white churches. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they want God without blackness. They want spirituality without soul. They want ministry without melanin. Those are my words. Christ without obedience, love without death. What they fail to realize is that in America, in America, in America, God's revelation on earth has always been black, brown, or some other shocking shade. Whiteness as revealed in the history of America is the expression of what is wrong with man. It is a symbol of man's depravity. God cannot be white, even though white churches have portrayed him as white. By virtue of his demographics, he cannot be white. When we look at what whiteness has done to the minds of men in this country, we can see clearly what the New Testament meant when it spoke of the principalities and powers. To speak of the adversary and his powers becomes not just a way of speaking, but a fact of reality. When we can see a people who are being controlled by an ideology of whiteness, then we know what reconciliation must mean. The coming of Christ means a denial of what we thought we were. Uh-oh. It means destroying the white devil within us. Reconciliation to God means that white people are prepared to deny whiteness, take up the cross of blackness, and follow Christ. Ooh, child. <laughs> oh, what a revival. We will see sweep across America when that occurs. You talk about a revival. <laughs> We have no idea what a revival is until we see millions of white people giving up whiteness and taking on the cross in the tribulations of blackness. You talk about a great awakening? That would be a great awakening. To be sure, this is not easy. And let me just say this. They started. George Floyd was a little bit of an awakening and a shakening. And I think that awakened and shaken so many uh, people who are bent in bigotry and prejudice, it shook them so much that now we're seeing the white lash of that shaking. It was too many non-black people involved in taking up the cross of blackness. Just... Let that marinate. To be sure, this is not easy. 
but whoever said the gospel of Christ was easy. Obedience always means going where we otherwise would not go, being what we would not be, doing what we would not do. Reconciliation means that Christ has freed us for this. In a white racist society, Christian obedience can only mean being obedient to blackness and black liberation, its glorification and exaltation. The problem with white society is that it wants to assume that everything is basically all right. It wants black people to assume that slavery never existed. Hello, anti-CRT people. It wants black people to look at the present brutalities inflicted on them as just the working of isolated individuals and not basically a part of the system itself. This man wrote this like 60 years ago and it's still true. Think about that. In this sense, reconciliation would mean admitting that white values are the values of God. It means black people accepting the white way of life. It assumes that black people have no values except those which are given to them by white masters. But according to black theology, it is the other way around. Reconciliation does not transcend color, thus making us all white. The problem of values is not that white people need to instill values in the ghetto, but white society itself needs values so that it will no longer need to create ghettos. Oh, let me say that again. The problem of values is not that white people need to instill values in the ghetto, but white society itself needs values so that it will no longer need to create ghettos. Black values did not create the ghetto. White values did. Therefore, God's word of reconciliation means that we can only be justified by becoming our true black selves. Reconciliation makes us all black. Through this radical change, we become identified totally with the suffering of the black man and masses. It is this fact that makes all white churches anti-Christian in their essence. This is what James Cone said. Not me, James Cone. To be Christian is to be one of those whom God has chosen. And he says, God has chosen black people. It is to be expected that many white people will ask, how can I, a white man or woman become black? My skin is white and there is nothing I can do. Being black in America has very little to do with skin color. To be black means that your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body are where the dispossessed are, are where the disenfranchised and the oppressed are. We all know that a racist structure will reject and threaten a black man in white skin as quickly as a black man in black skin. It accepts and rewards white people in black skins nearly as well as whites in white skins. Therefore, being reconciled to God does not mean that one's skin is physically black. It essentially depends on the color of your heart, soul, and mind. Some may want to argue that persons with skins physically black will have a running start on others, but there seems to be enough evidence 
that though one's skin is black, one's heart may be lily white. The real questions are, where is your identity? Where is your being? Does it lie, does it lie with the oppressed black people or with the white oppressors? He concludes by saying, let us hope that there are enough to answer this question correctly so that America will not be compelled to acknowledge a common humanity only by seeing that blood is always one color. A treaty, a dissertation, on what black theology and what black power means. If you are a minister of any ethnicity, you need a copy of this and you need to read it thoroughly. Write in it, underline, highlight, take notes, sit with it, meditate on it, think on it, get into it because I could tell you right now this work is really indicative of where we are with America especially things here in America whose side are you leaning on James Cone said if we are going to be a liberated nation we're going to be a liberated country you've got to deny your whiteness and pick up the cause of black and brown oppressed peoples. If you are going to truly demonstrate what it means to be reconciled in Christ, and there are people fighting that idea tooth and nail, and we see it every single day. And many of the people fighting this are Christians. <laughs> Go figure. All right, we have got exactly 20 minutes. And so I want to invite you in to have some conversation with me as I am waiting on conversation. I want to read you this affirmation card today from Urban Intellectuals. I love these affirmation cards. It says, I love who you are and watching you grow into the person you were meant to be. The affirmation is, I am who I was made to be. The world will not define who I am or what I do. Perfect for today. If you are listening by anchor, I want to thank you for your time and attention. I hope that this word today has challenged you. I hope that it's encouraged you. I hope that it has got you thinking. And as we come upon this Sunday, Sunday Dialogue is going to be 11 years of pastoral ministry for myself and my husband and the community of Life Nation. I'm really excited um, about that. And no, we haven't put up any flyers or banners yet. We'll get to that sometime today or tomorrow. But I am very excited because I know that the work that we've been doing and the work that we are continuing to do is one of liberation and one of reconciliation, and one of dealing in the council of truth when it comes especially to these United States. So 
this word from James Cone has invigorated me, inspired me, um, caused me to recommit to the goal of reconciliation within our country. Thank you again for listening. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So continue to go out and be light. Be well and be light.